This is the intro, this is the intro, this is the intro to the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza! Fuck, I fucked up. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Wonderful! Thank you for waiting, I'm sorry. Uh, It took so long. There's a thing, Liz is making this thing that she saw on TikTok. Uh, Essentially, we stopped this... Uh, international market on the way home and then we got in the car we kept driving and she was like oh i didn't get cucumbers which is like the most basic you could have gotten that at any store but that's like the one thing she didn't get <laughs> and it's also like the core component of the dish she's making yeah but she also ended up seeing like there's a kind of ramen that she really likes so we ended up stopping at this other store and it had that and so she was very excited about it Damn, that's but it, it kind of worked out in the end some anyway. sounds good as shit right now. Yeah, we also ordered some food a while ago. It's uh, on the way now. I'm probably just going to set it aside while we sit here and talk and <laughs> do our thing. What Talking about uh, uh, Korean fried chicken. Ooh. Mm. Hey, I don't know if you two could tell, but I'm hungry. <laughs> I believe you. Yep. I, yeah, yeah, and, I, and Liz yeah, I, didn't realize how late it was because I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go downstairs. We're gonna record the podcast." And she was like, "I didn't know how late. I'm sorry." And so she. Uh, well, well, I was telling the data before you got on that it, this actually worked out pretty good. We almost had a totally different episode today. Oh, uh, uh, really? Is it wait? Were we not talking about what I prepared for? <laughs> he almost saw Batman. I almost so saw Batman different. yesterday. What? Charlie yeah. would have been pissed with you, though. No, no I, I was I was coordinating with Charlie to see if he could come on if I saw it. Um, but it ended up falling apart and ended up being good. I didn't go see it because when I would have been seeing it, my mom fell at home. Uh, oh, and, is she okay? I mean, I yeah, she's, she's okay. fine, but like it was a whole big ordeal. I hardly slept last night because, like, I'm just like you know, <laughs> the trauma of my lifetime <laughs> made me hyper vigilant after Bob Saget died and my mom hit her head. That I was just like, oh, don't don't wake up and have your mom be dead today. Oh yeah. So, like I was checking on her all night. Thankfully, she's fine. She totally. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see it, so I don't know how. How hard she she hit her head. Um, she didn't have a big bump or anything like that, which is really what I was most worried about. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and then so I so I was exhausted. I actually could have probably seen Batman today, but I basically got off of work at around noon and slept. And in fact, when you texted to see if we could push. I was like, perfect. And once Data gave me the clear and I texted you, I went right back to sleep. Yeah, so like, good. I'm yes. like fully rested and awake. And like, so everything kind of worked out. That's great, me. man. I was worried because I felt bad. I felt bad because like Liz really wanted to get out for a little because, uh, you know, her aunt moved here last week. Um, oh, no. So uh, she, she only lives like 20 minutes away, like down the, down the way. And she wanted to see Booker. So I was like, when I was getting off work, I was like, we could go for a walk or something. Cause it's kind of not, it was kind of nice out. Uh, and it's going to be real shitty the next couple of days. Like it's, it's supposed to snow tomorrow. Mm. So like, I was trying to enjoy this weather and get out a little bit. So 
As I don't want to rush her home and be like, we got to get back. I got to talk about this, <laughs> this cartoon based on a D&D podcast. Oh, man. That's funny. Um, uh, How is your job? Oh, it's 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 good. It's solid. You know, it's it's an internship, so I'm just kind of doing all kinds of different things. Uh, I'm hoping, you know, it'll lead to something more permanent, but especially because, you know, I graduated in May, so got a you know no more student internships unless I decide to get my doctorate, which if I do that, I, I think I'm going to be one of those old men who goes to school because <laughs> I'm Dr. sick of school Houston. for now. I mean that would be cool, but I'm not I'm not upset with the idea of being William Houston MPH. Like that's not so bad. It sounds all right. So. <laughs> I just I just want you to know that like if you were if you got your doctorate and were known as Doctor Houston, I would definitely go around and tell people that they named the dog Indiana. <laughs> no one but me would think that's funny, and that's good because I I love a good one percenter. Because Liz would roast. There are so many jokes that I make every day that Liz and Haley like do not laugh at, and I laugh hysterically. And I'm like, oh, if poet were here, laughing again. I just think of those times like it's been fucking COVID messed everything up. Because like we, you know, I felt for a while there we had some good visits going on uh, to come see you. and I just think about all those times, like we we would hang out, and, like you, me, and Liz, and you and I would be cracking up at something. <laughs> she's just fucking sitting there. <laughs> oh man, fantastic, fantastic. Um, well, let's talk box machina. <laughs> Uh, yeah, did you ever uh, listen to the to the show? Did you ever listen to Critical Role? Yes. Or watch it. I guess you could also watch it on YouTube and stuff. Yes. I, That's how I, I tried listening to it. Can't do it. <laughs> it's too chaotic. It definitely helps to see it. Um, yeah. But because I think I've – once I, like, was comfortable with who was who and what was going on, listening to it wasn't as bad. Uh, which is nice because I find myself wanting to go back because I listened to it a little. I watched it a little bit uh, over the last few years. Uh, I've never seen like a ton of it, mostly because, you know, even watching just a few episodes, it's like 12 hours of content. So, Dude, so, so much. It's, it's so much. So uh, but it was cool is I, I do want to go back and listen to the campaign that they kind of that they based the show off of a little bit because now I'm like, I want to see what the difference is. I want to hear, you know. I want to. I kind of want to see how they went through that. Um, but yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't sure what to expect going in watching the show. Uh, I, I didn't think it was going to be bad or anything, but I was. I was. Just, I guess for overall like thoughts. First of all, I, I liked it. I really enjoyed it more so than I thought I was going to at first. Because uh, after the first like three episodes, I remember th- at the time I was like, uh, I mean, this is fun and i'm enjoying it but i don't know i was kind of thrown with how how jarring that that first two episodes are and then suddenly you're into like the main storyline that goes through the rest of the season you know yeah um uh real quick data what did you know of critical role before this i didn't i mean i knew that critical role was a thing 
And yeah. it's it's something that I'd always kind of meant to go and listen to some of. And I think I started on YouTube like the very first episode or something once and then got distracted and didn't get to actually even finish a whole episode. Yeah. But when you recommended watching Vox Machina, maybe you even said that it was based on that. But I, in my head, I had no idea that this was like until I'd watched a few episodes and I talked to you and you're like, oh, yeah, so like Bjorn's character is based on this dude. And so yeah. I didn't have any like preconceptions or anything about the, anybody on Critical Role or any of that. I didn't know anything about like the Kickstarter that apparently started this whole project or anything. So yeah. I came into it kind of kind of fresh. Um, well, so for me, I like you knew Critical Role was a thing, and then about the time that uh, I started to obviously do more googling of D and D the algorithm started feeding me clips from critical role. Mm. So I used to just watch like these funny moments or like, you know, monumental moments from the show. And, uh, Matt, who, uh, we play D and D with on Tuesdays, he started talking to me and kind of, you know, hipping me to, uh, the people in there. And then, once I realized Ashley Johnson was in there who like has been my little sister since she became the little sister on Growing Pains. I'm making dinner for Mike, Eddie, and their babes. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, cool. I like, I've always been a fan of hers because of Growing Pains. So like, uh, uh, like that's real. Like I was like, I, I just started to like, like those clips. Um, but then... There is a moment that uh, happens, I think, at the end of the campaign uh, that I watched that was, like, like, I was blown away by, like, how cool that this, like, thing was. Um, and it loosely became uh, uh, the part helped in the creation of my Dragonborn character, Scorch. Um, that really got me into a uh, critical role. I tried to watch the first season. The audio is so bad on the, like the first episode. I, I just can't, I can't do it. It's, it's tough. I, Dude, I remember, I, I remember having problems with that. I think actually that's why I might've stopped listening to the first part and skipped dope to, uh, cause I've listened a little bit to their second campaign, which is not Vox Machina. They have new characters yeah, in that the one. Mighty nine. And, uh, I, I've listened to, I've listened to like, I got through 20 episodes of the mighty nine before, like, like the first like 12 episodes of the mighty nine are numbered and the YouTube picture for them shows what episode number you are. It is, but at 13, they stop that for some weird reason. And it's just like a weird picture of one of the characters, one of the actors or whatever. And then the name of the show is like critical role, the mighty nine and then so by that title is entirely too long to let me know what fucking episode it is. So somehow I got out of episodes and one day I was watching it. I was like, I don't remember. Like I was two episodes deep and I was like, I don't remember any of this stuff. So then I was like, fuck this. Um, and then after Vox Machina, I started back rewatching uh, the mighty nine and I'm on like, I don't know, episode 13 or 14 right now. Um, 
I like it. I I dig that it's just a group of friends who who are voice actors and like this all started from one of them's birthday and he just wanted to do it, you know, play D and D for his birthday and it, and it spiraled into this thing that has become like I I mean, is that the back? Actually, I didn't know that was a back. I just assumed like, oh, they're they're nerdy voice actors who like D and D. Yeah. So the guy who plays Vax. Or is it Vex? He plays Vex. The girl's Vex, right? I, I always thought they were both Vex. I can't. No, I've never it's read, Vex and Vex. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to what. So the 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 guy who plays the brother, he it was his birthday, and so he wanted to play D and D, um, and so they sent a bunch of invites out, and that was sort of the group that played the in the first uh, that in that game in that campaign is the might is the is Vox Machina and if you watch Vox Machina on YouTube I don't know about on the podcast but the first episode of the YouTube they're already like a I think two years deep into the campaign yeah they're it's like it starts off they're kind of in the middle of something but it you know, they, they kind of try to make it as user-friendly as possible, but yeah, they're already... Because I think the storyline that they do in the show is done on the podcast, like, I think it's like 20-something episodes in. I Yeah, I think you're right. Vax um, is the guy. Yeah, yeah. Vax. Vax. Uh, and speaking of what we were just talking about, that was probably like what you said about the first couple episodes. That was the hardest part for me was the fact that it felt like it felt like this you were meeting a group that was like level three and like there's all this history and then like when like uh Keyleth is like, should we even be a group? Like that was that was too deep of a question first episode. Like you know what I mean? Mm. Like it like it felt like you needed three episodes before she said that. Um, and so like the first couple it definitely felt like I liked the animation the most. Um, and so that's what really kept me. I like the D and D aspect of it. Oh yeah. I, I really like how they incorporate like, uh, her ranger ability of like favorite enemy of dragons is why she like reacts when the, she's around the dragons. Uh, See, I was, uh, that I, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I, I was actually also not knowing the story and I guess you guys weren't either like not knowing the storyline going in, um, which I think it would be interesting if there was somebody who was, uh, yeah, like a fan of the show, uh, that we could talk to that had listened to it beforehand, knew what the storyline was. Um, cause I just, I thought it was really cool in that first episode when he starts out with like, it turns out there's a dragon and they got to fight this fucking dragon. I, I thought it was going to, cause I'm aware in dungeons and dragons, how dangerous dragons are. You can't just fight a dragon in your first game, right. you know, that you got to level up to that. So I was like, Oh cool. Are they going to do this thing where like throughout the season, they have to get better, you know, throughout their adventure to fight, eventually fight and kill this dragon. But then they kill the dragon in the second episode. And <laughs> yeah. The whole story, which was fine. It ended up being fine. Like I was disappointed, but it, I ended up being okay with that because I did like the storyline and I liked the bad guy, the, not strawed like that's what i thought they were gonna like the vampire that i was i was getting real like strawed uh, influence there 
which I think is what it, I'm guessing that's what that came from. And I've always really wanted to play the Curse of Straw uh, campaign because um, I really like that old, you know, monsters and universal type monster type thing that they have going on. Yeah. It did feel real sudden to me when, like, in the first episode, the dragon basically could have killed them all with one attack and they just barely survive. And then in the second episode, it's like, oh, no, we're going to kill the dragon. Yeah, it was really, it's kind of weird. Uh, but I'm happy that it did turn out. Because then I thought, oh, are they going to do a thing where, like, it's a, it's like a little mini adventure for maybe two or three episodes uh, throughout the season. And I'm glad it wasn't that, because I don't think I would have enjoyed that very much. Where it was like, and now on to the new thing. And, you know. Yeah. um, I think what's funny to me is that um, having watched Vox Machina and having listened to or watched The Mighty Nine, I, I, like, these characters are fine, but none of them really, like, resonate with me, like, like, obviously, Matt loves... We could add Matt on. We should add Matt on. I could maybe message Matt. Um, uh, he obviously loves... Uh, Grog. Grog uh, so much that he based his character on him for our D&D campaign. Um, uh, but I absolutely love every character in The Mighty Nine. Um, hmm. Uh I, and I find that so striking that I just did the, like, I like the story. I like the, like, I enjoyed these characters. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the story. I look forward to what's to come. And I hope that we get to see, uh, the, the, the basis for what really got me excited about this, the critical role in the first place. Um, uh, but the second group of char- the second season characters, God, I just love all of those characters, and I love the performances that these guys do. And I mean, it definitely helps that they're you know voice actors, and they can add mm-hmm. a measure of like r- I don't know realism and acting to it. Whereas you know, like oh yeah, they... when, I pl- when I'm playing D and D, I'm literally like maybe like if you were looking at degrees i'm maybe a a point hundredth of a degree off of jedi poet (laughs) for my any character i'm playing like there's no difference between the characters i'm playing and my obnoxiousness uh i it depends on the character i remember i played a barbarian that i would like i had like a voice for um and then when i've dm'd before sometimes i've tried to do voices but it's just i always feel kind of like ah, this isn't quite i don't know if i'm doing this right um i mean nothing obviously nothing compared to them like you know there's there's a reason that you know matt mercer is like very popular online as a dm where people are like he's the best because i mean and he is really good uh the voice not just the voices but you know he, he does a great job describing what's going on and uh he interacts with everybody really well. Uh, it is very exciting to hear him say, how do you want to do this <laughs> when, yeah. they're, when they're about to kill something? Um, I think what I, th- I think one of my favorite, weirdly, one of my favorite things about the Vox Machina, uh, episodes was when Ashley Johnson's character left the group was knowing that was because she was going off to do either Blind Spot or The Last of Us stuff. Hey Patterson, you wanna play a game? 
Love games. Don't get too excited. It's not one of your wizard and elf games that take four hours to finish. Well, D&D doesn't ever really hey, What do these numbers mean to you? Oh, yeah. I've listened to... Uh, it's funny. I feel like every, every time I've listened or watched uh critical role it's always been in a point where like she wasn't there for something but it's but it shows that how much she enjoys it and likes it though that she keeps like being like but i'm gonna come back so come up with a reason yeah Uh, because i know there was another guy uh who was on who was on critical role at first who was part of vox machina and ended up leaving the show at some point so he's not in the show he yeah, was dragonborn. Like a dragonborn guy. Yeah, I, I saw in a, a bunch of pictures of Vox Machina. There's like a dragonborn wizard or something just hanging out. Yeah, which I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder why that didn't work. You know, I'm sure like it could have been just as simple as I. Ah, you know, I just don't really have time for this. I don't think I can do this anymore. Uh, but I wonder how that guy feels now, seeing the the cartoon and everything. I'm like, oh, would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I couldn't speak to that. Uh, um. Hopefully it wasn't, like, anything negative why he's not there. Right? Um, Let me see if I can find information on this. Uh-oh. We're taking a deep dive. <laughs> yeah, let's get into some drama. Uh, Love drama. But I th- but I, my favorite, I, literally, my favorite thing of this cartoon has been the incorporation of D&D and the lore and sort of like, like, did you, I don't know. Did you pick up on their trouble with doors? Yeah. That's yes. A, they hate doors. That's a hundred percent because during the campaign, they kept failing their roles to uh, pick the lock of doors. Well, so it's like, funny watching the show with like the D and D aspect in mind. You do kind of find yourself going like, Oh, I can see how this would, how this would be happening on while playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, also, I there was a I can't remember who it was, but I was watching somebody on YouTube break down some of the hidden details, and I think one of my favorites was you know when they went to the store. Um, well, two things that they that they show in that store I absolutely loved. Uh, one only because uh, I, this guy gave the background story of it, the other one because of my knowledge of it. But one in the in his store in a like glass display case is a half finished sandal, which is I guess the story is that when uh Gary Gygax was had created uh Dungeons and Dragons, he was also like a a, a, a cobbler. Like he was making sandals and shoes and shit and was halfway through a project when it became apparent he was no longer going to need to do that because of how successful Dungeons and Dragons were. And so it's just, uh, it was just a nod. Because apparently I guess he even kept it around somewhere. I guess you can see it somewhere uh, wherever you go to see cool D&D stuff. But uh so I like that. But then there's also a thing in the um, store. There's a book, uh, a, a big thing in the second season um, of Critical Role is uh, the characters. Anytime they go to a bookstore, they look for smut. And one of the books that they come across is uh, 
is a uh, romance novel called Tusk Love about a, a merchant's daughter that falls in love with a half orc. And like the little riffs that the, they have gone on during Critical Role, uh, during, uh, during that campaign about Tusk Love have just been amongst some of my favorite little like bits um, from that season so far. And so to see the Tusk Love in his store was just like, it was just like one of those little details that like, for people who are super fans of the show, like I'm, I know there's so much more that's tucked away in there that people are just like, oh, this was amazing. Did you see this tiny little detail that references this one tiny thing that I super loved? <laughs> All right, Matt's not getting back to me. He must be spending time with his wife. Wow. So this guy... Uh-oh, uh-oh. There's some interesting stuff about what? this guy. Um, so there, there's not a consensus exactly on why he left the show, but apparently since his leaving the show, he's not welcome in um, the communities for the show because of the things that he's done. So... Like what? So apparently there's lots of different rumors or thoughts about why he left the show. Apparently there were some blow ups where he's on camera getting like super upset and yelling at people. And then other people are like, it's because he has HIV or because he verbally abused his girlfriend on social media and was publicly shamed. So he had to leave or it was. But anyway, since then. He's been accused of uh, defrauding money from... So he's... One of his moderators on his Twitch channel was in an accident, and he set up a big, like, donation drive to raise money to help her, and then kept all the money himself instead. And so that's not good. And then he's... uh, He apparently came out publicly that he was having a serious drug addiction, and uh, was going to seek help, and also he was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, it just uh, a lot of things have happened with this dude. Uh, yikes! <clears throat> well, damn. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Good to know. Well, that's a shame. Uh, yeah. So. There you go. I'm glad you liked the cartoon, Billy. <laughs> See, I think y- y'all, y'all, what we all said is kind of interesting to me because I didn't particularly like the story that much. Like, for one thing, the thing with the dragon kind of bugged me, and then you just jump into something pretty much completely different that really strongly centers around, like, the one character. So you get a lot of information about this character, and the others kind of have to take a back seat. The way the show yeah, is kind of revolving. That, uh, that I can see. Be I, I thought that was a little weird, especially because I was hope. I'm thinking like, well, maybe they can do something if they get another season yeah. with the with other characters, probably the twins. Uh, if I had to guess, I don't know what other storylines they did for the show yet, um, but that would be my guess if they were going to do something personal like that. But I always like it when the story being told is personal to at mm. least some of the characters involved sure. uh and one of the issues you could run into with doing a dungeons and dragons style story is that you don't have to do that um and in fact a lot of times and on some of the many of the games i've played you know 
personally, the characters that you play may not be involved in what's happening. And I've always kind of disliked that. I, I yeah. like it when, you know, the characters have something something going on, you know? Well, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think that's, uh, and that's what but, I was going to say. But it is, is I, it is a little weird when you have what is basically an, an ensemble cast of characters, but because of the storyline, one of them is kind of getting a bigger character arc than the others because that you kind of have to because of what the storyline is. Well, and especially yeah. when it's our introduction to these characters, like we get two episodes where it's like, okay, we're going to learn to meet these characters. Oh, and then we move into, no, it's mainly that, but the thing that kept me coming back episode after episode through this was, I really liked the characters. Like, Oh I yeah. Could, I could take or leave the story with the vampires. I mean, the vengeance part is kind of interesting. I like, like you said, the personal nature of it, even though I, it feels weird to we're coming into this universe and instantly focusing on one person mainly. I liked his part of that story, but it's like the vampire and then there's zombies for some reason. You got scan land. And then just random, like the story I could take or leave. I like the characters a lot. Like the characters were a lot of fun. I like, uh, I, I like that one guy, the, now I can't even remember his name, the one who gets most of the attention here because it's his story. Percival. Percy. Yeah, I, and I, I like that. I like his guns and stuff. His he has a long, really cool. He has a crazy long name that I can't remember, but it's really funny when he says the whole thing. Uh... Yes, uh, Percival Frederick Steinbaum, Musical Kowalski, the role of the third. <laughs> and Grog's fun. I have an intelligence of six. I know what I'm doing. I love, uh, I, I love the 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 bard. He was just hilarious. You got Scanland. And I, you know I don't like bards at all, but I <laughs> yeah, cannot stop saying So sorry, Vidmeyer. Your plan just backfired. You got Scanland. You got Scanland. By lightning, you got struck by the baddest mobile fucker. You got Scanland. You got Scanland. <laughs> oh man, he's so funny. And he gets he's so great, funny. He gets some great moments, and I really like the fact that all of the characters, um, even though only Percy really has like a, a personal goal in mind here, all of them get like their moments to, to shine and kind of show like, okay, they, they not only like individually, but also like how they work as a team. As a team, yeah. Um, but I really liked, um, is it Scallion? Scanlon. Scanlon. I don't yeah, know why Scallion is a, is a food. Uh, <laughs> it's an onion. <laughs> Um, I really liked uh, when he went and burned down that building uh, and went one on one with the guy, the like the, yeah. the captain the, of the guard yeah, or whatever. The big guy. Uh, that was great. Bro. You got Scanland. You got Scanland. I think my my biggest disappointment is that I feel like of all the characters, I was kind of most interested in Vax and Vex. Like th- I felt like there's a lot of potential there, especially because. Like Vex even has that the bear, and I was like, I love this bear. I want to see this bear do some stuff. He's oh he's great. God. And then they leave the bear behind early on in the season, and I feel like the two of them get the least attention of anybody. So I'm kind of when you said I, that you were thinking if they did, if somebody else is getting focused on next time, it would be them. I really hope so because I felt like like Vax, his main thing was he's kind of sort of almost got a romance with. Kayla or Kaleth, whatever her yeah, name is. Yeah, and I loved that. I thought I thought they played it off really well. It was uh, it was very sweet. Um, uh, and I was disappointed when she was like, "No, we can't do that." You know, and I'm hoping that like later on, maybe they'll 
they'll work it out because I was like, I, I like this, and I especially like in the in the way that they were able to play it off with his sister, where she was. I won't say she was jealous because that's kind of because obviously that would be very weird since it's his sister. But you can see like she's a little put off by it, where she's like, "Oh, he has this interest in another person." Oh well, yeah, but she, it is she's but, jealous but that he's is... like developing a relationship with someone when they're yeah. they've had the, only each other for so long. And but they that... play it off in such a way that it's not weird. You don't get like incestuous <laughs> right. no, vibes yeah. from it. Because um, she's also not mean to her. Like it's not like she hates her. They're still friends. It's just. Um, she's just like, remember, I'm the only one you can trust. It's like, okay, well, that's a little... Which makes me want to know more about their story. And yeah, that's also absolutely. why I thought they would be a good choice for that, because I get the feeling, based on the opening credits, with like their, it looks like their home being burned down around them uh, and losing everything. Plus, it's two of them, so if you're going to have a more personal story, having siblings involved, would, like mm-hmm. you have an easier time telling that story. Yeah, well, and they, the, and, they, and, they, and there is that reference when they get to keep that, uh, you know, he turns to her and says, we finally have a home again. Yeah, there's just mm-hmm. like, I feel like there's so much potential there. And I, and I, and I really feel like her, like she, she got even less than him. He has sort of the romance and her main thing was that like her main character development was she's kind of jealous of the relationship that her brother is developing with someone else. And I'm well, like. I want more. Well, I well, got there... from her. The thing I got the most from her was she was almost the. I don't want to say. I guess like the mother of the group. Like she was really good with everybody and getting them where they needed to go. Almost like the most of a leadership position that they had that they came close to. Because really, there's not one solid leader among no. them. It was like sometimes she was kind of leading things along. Sometimes her brother kind of did. Percy did from time to time. Grog never, but that's fine because that's not. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to let Grog leave. No. <laughs> but you... that's great because Grog was so good, though. And that little moment uh, when Pike leaves and they split off for a little while, he has that. There's a really great emotional beat with him there, where like he uh, he's sad and worried, and she's like, "It's okay, you know, Pike's gonna be okay." And he's like, "I know, but I'm worried about us without her." And like, it's just, oh, this guy. <laughs> You just really care about him, and he's just like this big oaf, but he's just so cool, and you just, I want to be his friend. <laughs> yeah, and then when he gets into fights, he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck these people. I, I love Grog. I love Scanlan just because he's so ridiculous. I I probably could have done without, like, him fucking everything that he could find. <laughs> like, that wasn't but necessary that, exactly. I get that, though, because that, that part of the D&D part of it is, like, there's always that person that's like, I'm going to fuck everything. <laughs> um. Did you guys not pick up on uh, 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 Vex and Percival's uh, romance kindling? Uh, I felt like it was kind of there, but they weren't. It's the beginnings of it. Like when she's the one who gets him to like, you know, break from the mask. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely got that, but it definitely wasn't as in your face as... uh... As the um, as the other as yeah, the other one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I back to what I think. I think ha- had I been doing this, and I I I guess maybe they don't want to reference anything before maybe with that guy. Um. But I think it definitely would have been better if they would have maybe given us the story that wasn't. That took place before they uh, 
they started Critical Role so that you had a better understanding of the group dynamics. Like, you know, I mean, they could always do like my favorite episode of Firefly out of gas where you go back Mm. and see how they meet. But I think it would have been much better and much more in line with D&D if we would have seen these group meet and then get into the story. I think just the nature of how they're, they're doing uh, the source material, which is a campaign, which is, they just so happened that this part of the campaign that they chose to uh, transcribe is Percy centric and that coming out of it, it'll be somebody else's story. Like you'll get more into maybe Pike or Grog or, like Vex mm-hmm. and Vax. Um, I really do hope we get more. I hope, I honestly hope that we get to the Mighty Nine because those characters I absolutely want to see in cartoon form. Um, I absolutely want to see those stories. Uh, the guy who plays Sandland, the uh, Scanland, um, in, uh, in this, uh, his character in the second season um not the brave is like i just love this character there's so much about the second the second series that i love let me put my D dice down <laughs> I'll uh um uh but i i definitely do want to go back and listen to it and and going to back to the um you know the not having like the origins of them getting to know it, i kind of like that because you know that can take, especially with such a large group, that can take a that lot take of time. To be like, yeah. how are they? You know, how do they, how you know, where were they? How do they get to know each other? How do they get along at first? But when you have them already together, you can get a lot of like, you can get a lot of character stuff from them with without having to you know do all that. Um, you know, it's it doesn't have to be as in your face is telling the story of like, this is, you know, how we met Percy. And, uh, <laughs> it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. You get the idea of like what their relationships are based on how they interact with each other because they've known each other for a while. Yeah. Well, I, I meant more like in the traditional sense, I guess, because I, I'm thinking of how the mighty nine began where, uh, like you just like, it's like how, like I would have wished a little, it would have been like, you know, your Vex and Vax are walking down this thing. You hear this sound. What do you do? And then it turns out the sound they heard was Grog and Pike doing something. And like, that's how they met those two. And then like, or whatever, you know, just like, I would have liked to, like, I just think it would have been a better way to do it. And more in line with like the D and D like, just because of like having seen, you know, just cause it's so fresh in my mind, the mighty nines intro with like them all, meeting at this town three different groups um you know they you know they it's very quick how they meet and get get together and 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 the way that you learn more about their characters from that i think is good i mean i don't know i just think had i done it that's what i would have done but but i mean um since we don't get to like much history on them, I think it goes back to what you were saying, where it's like, you're right. Them being like, Oh, I mean, should we even be a team? It's like, well, we don't, we don't know. Cause we just met you also. And we don't know anything about your team dynamic yet. Yeah. So, 
it does feel like there's something missing there. And I'm not saying I'm not necessarily saying you need to go all the way back to the beginning of when they met, but we needed a little more something. Also, I I gotta say, Out of Gas is your favorite Firefly episode, huh? Yeah, I absolutely love Out of Gas. Interesting. It might be my favorite episode too. I don't know. Um, just think... seeing all of them meeting in the different, just like yeah, I absolutely love that episode. I think Sorry, I would have to guys... pick. Uh, objects in space. Me. Ooh, that's a good one too, though. Uh, if you guys one? hear me biting into this chicken, I, I, I heard a crunch a minute ago. I don't know if that's what it was. I said, I said, I think I'd have to pick objects in space. The, the, the one with the bounty hunter. Am I a lion? I've never thought yeah. that. I've never thought about that. I, that's like one of that is one of my favorite moments from that episode. And then he goes, "Am I a lion?" I, don't know. I do have a mighty roar. <laughs> And I and I loved that guy from uh, his years in Law and Order. Um, damn, Billy, what kind of chicken is it? <laughs> oh, you told Wings. me already. Yeah, it's Korean fried chicken. God damn, some chicken sounds. I'm so hungry. I might I might sure. after this podcast go out and get something to eat. God damn it, I never leave my house this late anymore. What is happening? Well, you napped. You you need some. Oh, I know. Do you not have any food in your house? No, I do, but like, it's not Korean fried chicken. Yeah, it's not hot too. Mm. And like, and the thing was, is like, I was in this weird, like, I was hungry, and like, I was an hour away from being done with work, or an hour and a half away potentially from being done with work. And I was like, oh, I want to get Chipotle, but then they delivered this pizza. And the thing is, I don't like the pizza. But it had been a while since I'd eaten it, so I was like, maybe it's not as bad as I remember, and it was 100% <laughs> as bad as I remember. That's the worst, was, isn't it? I was like, I was too full to pick up Chipotle after work, so then I was like sad from not having Chipotle. And now all I can think about is food. I feel like I've heard you and Matt talk about this bad pizza before. Oh, dude, it's the, I don't know what it is. If it's something in the oil or the tomato sauce, or there's just some underlying taste that is just off to me and i don't know why they keep going back to this pizza i don't think anybody at our facility really likes this pizza i mean nobody liked the other pizza except for me because uh and it wasn't like i love that pizza i mean certainly better than this pizza <laughs> you guys need to find some good pizza Dude, i kind of want to try that pizza to see if i like it. <laughs> you, you wouldn't i don't think you would i don't know i like some pretty shitty stuff man <laughs> nah, it's, this isn't shitty. This is bad. It, there's something, man. There's something they use that is just like throws it off for some, and it's uber greasy and not in a good way. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, there can be there's good grease and then there's like Jesus Christ, what did, yeah. did you douse it in this? Yeah. Um, man, you know the menu. They, they, I think they had pizza on the menu for the at the movie theater that we went to the other night because we went to this like real fancy movie theater it had like real like bougie menu with all kinds of stuff on it where you basically like you know you have like you know they, you pay for like a, a really nice meal and they bring you drinks and food and stuff throughout the movie yeah like real discreetly like ninjas um which for the batman was great because it's a three-hour movie so it was like i got a couple of drinks and we got some pretzels and popcorn it was great um <laughs> Liz got a blanket. They give you blankets. We walked in. Oh. <laughs> was it? I didn't know what it was going to be like because I had heard like it was a really cool experience, uh, if only because of the menu and stuff. 
uh, but like we got up there and they were like, oh, and here's your blanket. I'm like, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so got our blanket, got our like reclined seats up, ordered our drinks and our food. I had like a big ass beer. And I sat there for three hours. <laughs> stewardess, can I get a pillow, please? Like, I'm not a stewardess. Yeah, oh, we got a, we got an Alamo Draft House uh, in around Texas that does the same sort of stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever out, seen a blanket, though. There's one out here, too. Uh, it's just far enough away that I'm like, eh, I don't <laughs> Yeah, we have an Alamo Draft. We have one out here, and I haven't been to it because it's, like, far from where I would go. I like yeah. it a lot, but uh, mainly because of their policy on like phones and talking. Like they will come in and kick your ass out if you're on your phone or if you're talking loudly in the movie, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind going because I like movie theaters that are like extra like that. Um, this one was this one I'd heard really cool things about though, and we'd been meaning to go, uh, and it's like fifteen minutes away from the house. Like it's not it's like it, not far at all. Um, how was the food at your place? Because we there's a movie tavern near us. The food's just not good. Oh man, it was great. Uh, yeah. I had pop, I mean, I just had popcorn and the pretzels, but it was like it was like the big soft pretzels. And I thought that was great. Liz had a little bit of that, and she also got her own thing that she thought said was real delicious. She also got like an Arnold Palmer. I got a couple of beers. Y'all are doing it. Yeah, man, date night. <laughs> We gotta t- you know, nice. enjoy what we can. You know, See, as, some, as someone not having a date night, being able to sit at home and I mean, for the most part, I do. I, I yeah, I'm definitely a homebody, but I do love the movie theater experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like seeing like Spider-Man: No Way Home. You know, if I had to see that at home, then yeah, that would have been fine. I guess I still would have like really enjoyed it, and I would have like been real excited. But there's something about being in that movie theater with everybody and like being like, "Oh shit, it's fucking Tobey Maguire." <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't. Which I, is literally I, the only time those words would leave my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely seeing Spider-Man in the theater with the crowd and hearing everybody cheer uh, when you when, even, at even all Batman, the right. And I'm moments. glad I saw in the theater because it, there's something. There was something about it that. Uh, it, there's a feel to it that I was like, this is fucking great for a movie theater experience. It's just, it just, it worked. Uh, I won't get into it because I don't want you know, I'll go on a tirade, but I'm just, been, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those movies, it's one of those movies where after I saw it, I was like, I really liked that, you know, yeah. but I didn't think I loved it. And now that a few days have gone by, I just keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and be like, I loved that movie. And there's, I, yeah, <laughs> I've seen it twice now. And when I went with my wife, we walked down, she's like, I think that was the best Batman movie that they've ever made. And I was like, well, I don't know for me that it beats the dark Knight, but it was pretty dang good. I got to tell you, I might agree. I, mm. and I wouldn't have thought that walking out. I, or definitely. I didn't, wouldn't have thought that walking in, but <laughs> now that I've had time to kind of settle on it, uh, I don't know. I, I, the, I think the trailers were done really badly because I was sure that this movie was going to be terrible. And my wife said the same thing. She's like, that looks bad. I don't want to see that. It looks terrible. I would and, say right? the trailers after the release have definitely been better than the ones before the release. Nothing, none of the trailers before did, did anything to make me want to see it. But when I saw a trailer yesterday or on Wednesday and I was like, man, maybe I could go see that in the theater on Thursday. I was like, that was the first time I really felt like, 
I really want to see this in the theater. Before that, I was just like, I'll watch that on HBO Max. Yeah, I was not interested really, and you know, and I love Batman, but I was like, uh, I don't know about this. But then the reviews were coming in, and everybody was real positive on it. And I was like, you know, I do love Batman, and people seem to really like this. I mean, worst case scenario, I'll go into this movie thinking like, all right, that was that was all right, that was good, you know, and and that's fine, and that's fine with me. And I get you know, and I'll get a good date out of it with my wife, you know, who doesn't get to go out as much as she would like. Uh, so, you know, but man, yeah, this, those trailers did not do it justice. Cause I remember seeing the trailers and be like, this does not, this looks kind of boring. I don't think I'm down for this. Yeah. Like to me, I was like, you're watching those trailer and like the whole thing, all I could think of was like, like with everything I've been dealing with for the last month, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is go sit for three hours for an uber depressing Batman movie. Like I just. That, like, it didn't seem, but, like, seeing some of the action in, that I've seen in the trailers, I'm like, I'm like oh, that looks kind of dope. Ah, oh, man, um, yeah, it works. Uh, I think the, it, 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 it's the, it feels like a, like a Batman movie in a way that I don't think any other Batman movie has ever felt. Mm. If that, you know, like, I, I don't know, it, it sounds, I don't know if this makes any sense, Data, maybe you can tell me, but, you know, it's like other movies we're like, this is a movie starring Batman, but this was a Batman movie. If that, yeah, makes no, any I, sense. I, I, I get, I get what you're saying, and I think I remember after Tim saw it, he was saying like pretty much the same thing. Was it's like this, this feels like Batman in where, whereas some of these other ones, it's just like, I mean, because like the Dark Knight Rises, for instance, I don't know anything about that movie that really felt like Batman. He's he starts out not being Batman because his knees are all fucked up, and then he's Batman for like five minutes, and then he gets his back broken and goes to secret prison or whatever, and none of it felt like like Batman. I think that maybe maybe uh, like Batman Begins. Yeah. Felt, felt especially at the beginning when he's like training with the League of Shadows or whatever, and he's becoming Batman. That felt. And I, I also think a big part of that is that a lot of there are parts of Batman Begins where there's like a a clear showing of Gotham uh, that mm. isn't just, oh, it's Chicago, but we're calling it Gotham City, <laughs> which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I really enjoy I love going to Chicago and being like, oh, fuck, I remember this from the Dark Knight. Uh, and because I, I, I like that city. But watching this movie, this this one had like a. Uh, like it felt Gotham felt like a place. It felt real, mm-hmm. and it it in ways that I the the closest I think has ever come to me is uh, there are moments in like Tim Burton's '89 Batman where like they have really cool looks at Gotham, but it's clearly like a matte painting kind of thing. Uh, like it's not yeah. really a set. But it, and it looks awesome, and you're like, oh, man, look at that place. It looks like this really interesting city. Like, what is Gotham City? I want to see it. But then it kind of just goes into its own thing with Tim Burton doing Tim Burton shit, which is also fine. But this movie never felt like that. This movie felt like, man, I want... When I first heard about the Penguin show, because have you guys heard that they're making a yeah, Penguin show yeah. for HBO? I was like, I, that was before I saw the movie, and I was like, really? They're making a mm. Penguin show? That sounds so dumb. And now that I've seen it, I'm like... Bring me that fucking penguin show right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to be in that city. I want to be with Colin Farrell and all that makeup. <laughs> which is funny because the Gotham show is like the penguin show. 
Was it? I never actually watched that. It was like, he was wa- like the I'll main watch- character yeah, outside I've of like Gordon. Um, I'll, I, you know, uh, Gotham has never been that big of a uh, a thing for me. Um, uh, but <laughs> I didn't really think about it before. But they really, they really just cut out any like. Gotham-esque theme from the Dark Knight uh, trilogy after Batman Begins. Because you're right. Like, the Narrows definitely feels like Gotham and Batman. But, like, the Dark Knight and, when you get and to the, the Dark Knight Rises like, oh, yeah, the is just is Chicago. It's just Chicago. <laughs> uh, there's even a line in the Dark Knight where they're like, oh, yeah, remember the Narrows? Yeah, it's just gone now. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I like that I, you go to Chicago and you're like, oh, I remember when Batman was here. Because yeah. when I go to Chicago, I'm like, I remember when Harry Dresden was in that spot. Is... Uh, I see. I I, I don't. Uh, I, I guess it's because I it's a, I'm a visual person. So like I've read all the well, I haven't read the last Dresden Files book yet. I've been meaning to. Uh, but I've read all the books and I'm like I never really think about it when I'm in Chicago. Like, oh yeah, Harry Dresden came through here. I'm just like, here's the fucking bridge where all the cars are trying to get over when the Joker. Say, like, <laughs> it was like from the, the first time I went to Chicago. It was like from the moment I showed up because I came into the train station and in one of the books. There's a big section that takes place in the train station where he's fighting shit. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is. Oh, of course, it's also the train station from like the Untouchables. So I was like, oh, I remember the staircase from the Untouchables. Yep. Oh yeah, with the baby. Hey, baby. I just saw this video on TikTok of this guy going on about, uh, and I, he's popped up occasionally on my like for you page, but uh, I mean, I'm I don't know if I liked the video or not. I wish I had because I wouldn't mind going back and watching to see what else he had to say about it. But it's basically him. Uh, I want to say trashing on, but definitely talking about why he does not like the Nolan Batman trilogy. Mm. Uh, and I, I, he made some points that like I kind of get. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but I totally understand, you know, why somebody may not be into that. One thing he did say though was that you know everybody talks about how great Heath Ledger's Joker is in that movie. Uh, and he's like, and the re- and he's like, the reason he won that Oscar, people will say, is like, oh, it's because he died. A part of it is also because he carries that movie. And I was thinking, about it, I was like, yeah, he kind of does, because oh, yeah. like no one else is all that. Because we forgive a lot of things, I think, for like the Dark Knight and like the Nolan movies, like the Batman voice, and mm. yeah, Aaron Eckhart isn't really the greatest actor, but you know his storyline was is pretty good. With as like Harvey didn't Two Face, so like uh, you know, the, I think the good outweighs the bad in those movies to where like we can you kind of forgive them a little bit. But I've always did, felt they rushed to Harvey's storyline. A little bit, yeah, but nothing feels that way in this newer one. Uh, where you're like, how could it? It's fucking uh, ten yeah. hours. <laughs> uh, it's true. I can't argue that. I, they really needed Aaron Eckhart in Batman Begins, and that would have. You're made, right. You're no, you're right. Out. You're absolutely right, and that makes it makes such a difference. Uh, you know when you know. Granted, I, I always feel bad when people make the comparison from like DC movies to Marvel movies, but I mean, there's an important part there where you meet Bucky in the first Captain America movie, mm-hmm. and then he's the fucking Winter Soldier in the second Captain America. It's like, okay, I know this guy. Holy shit. You know, I, even though I knew he was the Winter Soldier beforehand, but if you didn't know, you're like, oh my God, it's his friend. That sucks. 
Yeah. Batman Begins could have ended with that scene where the three of them meet on the roof and decide, like, we're going to clean up Gotham or whatever. And that would have been, like, an up note to end the movie on. And then you come back to Batman, to, like, the Dark Knight and see, like, where things have gone or something. That uh, that would have at least given you some connection. Yeah, and also... Uh, what, I mean, if we're, if we're rewriting it, they have... They keep uh, the, the DA that gets killed... And they have Rachel and Aaron as, you know, co-like, like, uh, second attorneys. And then that guy gets killed. And then you learn that at the end that Aaron's been promoted to mm-hmm. a DA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, interim. And he's running for, like, the... Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, and I'd be down for that. And you you wouldn't even have to change anything, really. Just add him to that scene at the end. Yeah. And you'd still have that great moment with the Joker card, which I... Stand by is pretty is pretty great. Like I, <laughs> I do love not only just him getting the Joker card, but I even really like the the line as silly as the dialogue can be in that mo- in those movies sometimes where he says uh, where Gordon says the I never thank I never said thank you and he goes you never have to and he just jumps you know it's it, it's che- it's cheesy but I really like it. <laughs> a hero is somebody who even puts a coat. On a small boy whose parents were just murdered. I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I like that line too, though. Like, there are some lines that I like. I I will admit are ridiculous, but I still like. And then there are some that are so bad that, like, oh my god, why did they do this? And the one that always gets me, and I will stand by this, is the dumbest fucking line in the entire Nolan trilogy, is when he comes back. He has gone through hell he had his back broken he had to escape this horrible prison get back to gotham city and and basically sneak in and like get all the police together he finally comes face to face after months with bane again and bane's like oh you came to die with your city which is an okay line and batman's response is no i came to stop you (laughs) that's the you've had months to think about this bruce Um... i know you must have been like Oh, when I see that motherfucker, this is what I'm gonna say. Like, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just in that prison looking at that <laughs> practicing what he's gonna say to me. His back is healing, and he's like, I see him be like, yeah, your dumbass motherfucking mask. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're mask wearing ass bitch can't breathe. <laughs> That'll get him. <laughs> You know, I love Gary Oldman in almost anything, and he's a good Commissioner Gordon, like, especially in, in Dark Knight. Like, he has some great stuff in there, like, faking his death, and when when he pops back up, like, you're, there's cheers in the movie theater when he pops back out, and you find out that he's live and shit. But this this new this new uh, Gordon is pretty dang good. Oh, man, it's, he's he's great. Uh, and his relationship, it, it's, it's the, I think it's the best like gordon batman relationship in a movie yeah. it's wonderful he's, he's I, absolutely I, fantastic. I was gonna well, say I that Jeffrey i didn't Wright. i didn't want to get into too much potential spoilers by saying that though so i didn't go there oh uh, i mean I, I didn't think it was a i wouldn't say that's a spoiler sorry i'm chasing off my cat because she's yelling like crazy uh i guess I mean, I'm, I'm sorry is that a, is that a spoiler does that sound like a spoiler uh well, I'll let you know what Charlie says when he listens to the podcast. And he says, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck you guys are talking about about bitch? But we're not. We're, we haven't said anything. In, I think we've been very general. Because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to like spoil anything for poet. Uh, 
And I will. I will say this. Uh, afterwards, uh, afterwards, when I didn't go to the movie, I was like, I was like, it's probably a good thing I didn't go to that movie because I'd have been all day rushing trying to get out of there. Then I would have rushed over there to get there, and then I'd have been sitting there and I'd have been thinking the whole time, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> should have never done this and then I got home found out my mom fell I'd be like fuck that movie I went to the when when my wife and I went it was like an 8pm show so we didn't get out until ridiculously late but it was also kind of nice because there was like no one else in the theater at like 8pm on a Wednesday so uh, yeah, we went on a Monday at like 5.30 and it was it was still a decent amount of people I was kind of surprised how many people were there yeah, we still didn't get home until after nine. <laughs> that took forever. But it doesn't feel like it. It's funny. Like, I, you know, all the jokes about how long it is, it does not feel. It doesn't feel like it. It did or, not feel like a At the very movie. least, you never feel bored. No, like, no. It's, it is, it is moving. And it's, it's crazy that it moves the way that it does without feeling like an act, like an action heavy movie the entire time, you mm-hmm. know? Um, God, it's just—it's a really well-made movie. I gotta—it's—I gotta give it that. We gotta move away from Batman yeah, before Char- Charlie Batman. murders murders you guys. <laughs> we uh, haven't said anything in particular. Also, Charlie only listens to episodes he's on, so he'll never know. Oh, no one tell him. Oh. No one listening. Don't tell Charlie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, have either of you guys seen this—the crazy Kickstarter that Brandon Sanderson is running? Since it's released yeah, to my podcast, I bring like it up. Twelve million dollars. He wanted like a million, right? And then he get yeah, <laughs> like I a shit ton. Yeah, Hold I on, sent you see. the link when I saw it. It was like a massive amount of money. He is now up to twenty-seven point six million dollars. Jesus, with nineteen I, days to go. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm borderline thinking of doing it because I wouldn't mind getting the uh, like his temporary box or whatever, like. What do you? What are they called? The crates? I don't know. I can't. He called it something. swag box. Yeah, it's called on here. And uh, I, I know it's like it's like a few hundred dollars if you want to do it. But yeah, like, it is. Uh, but I did it anyway, even though I, I was like, that's more money than I should spend. But I'm about to get my bonus, so I'll just I'll pay it because I gotta I gotta get these boxes. I can't not at this point. Like I've got a show all about this guy's books. I kind of have to go all in here. I feel obligated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm th- I'm I'm still I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things. I'm gonna be like, hey, like, yeah. You know, so especially because we're about to get like some work done around the house. There's a guy oh, yeah. coming one day. He's gonna start digging out, you know, this hill in our front yard to put in our driveway. Which it looks like we might have a driveway by the end of Monday. Oh yeah, yeah driveway. Nice. That's nice. I just yeah. had to. I just had to get a new furnace. Like my furnace cut out in the middle of cold weather, and they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna cost uh, a ridiculous amount of money to fix it. You'd probably just replace it and not spend much get more." So, yeah. yep. But I spent like eight grand getting a new furnace put in. So yeah. that was the thing. God, I, I had so to do expensive. that when I bought my condo to even uh, make it livable because it was cracked. Mm. But the nice thing was, as I had a brand new furnace, that was my own. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're like, well, I don't have to worry about it for a while, so yeah. we're good. Yeah, apparently our HVAC is supposed to give out sometime soon. Mm. When, we, when we bought the house, they were like, yeah, this HVAC is kind of old. We don't know how long it has, but uh, <laughs> guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> guess we're going to roll the dice on these. That's fine. I don't care. We'll... <laughs> 
we need a new one, we'll just get it and be like, oh, this sucks. And then we'll, uh, I'll watch Batman again and I'll feel better. <laughs> yeah, just that, the, that's, I was, after Charlie and Tim saw it and they were both so in love with it, I was telling Pud, I'm like, he's going to, Charlie's going to see the movie like four times before you even uh, get him on the show. But sure, uh, he has he has some some issues that are uh, taking his attention, so maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Fingers I'm. Uh, I hope his grandma does okay. Yeah, oh, me yeah. too. Yeah, me too. Dude, she seems awesome. Like, I'll, I'm always seeing his posts about her you know, on the Discord and on Facebook and stuff. And I'm just like, this lady's awesome. Yeah, she's the best. Uh, Matt just finally got back to me. <laughs> he was working on the house. So, what did he think of Vox Machina? <laughs> Oh no! I was gonna have him just talk. I love it. He yeah, loved, yeah, he loved it. He, he, he loved he's, he's the guy that you were talking about that would know like the history of what was happening on the show. That's why Poe was trying to get it all of the uh, yeah. And he's uh, he's he plays uh, Bjorn in our camp Tuesday campaign, which is who Grog. Well, he based on Grog because he's a big fan of Critical Role. And I honestly can't stand Grog because of his character. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I can't stand Bjorn. Oh, dude, I it's... can't. Like, dude, <laughs> he starts talking to Bjorn, and I'm just like, I'm gonna stab this motherfucker in the back. <laughs> he said, Poet said that in a recent uh, in a recent session. He's like, can I stab him? I'm just gonna stab him because it's dude fucking let the owl out of the cage. God, and... this owl. Damn it. <laughs> nice. Oh, and I, I think what's it. what's funny He's is like... Poet probably wouldn't have cared, but Scorch is infuriated. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Isn't it no. fun getting a character like that? Like when we played a couple of like, I guess we didn't play this last week, but the other week when we played, and I cast uh, <laughs> cast yep. that spell and killed B. Killed two people. Uh, I was like, I mean, I feel bad personally, but my character would do this. So God, we were talking about that for like two or three days after that when I was talking to Eagle Man or B, and it was just like. I can't believe Billy killed. Yeah, no, I can believe it because his character, I guess, would do that. But it was just ridiculous. Like y'all are so dead. Is that was a great moment? That was my favorite moment so far in that campaign. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, I why well, I, I almost did that to Bjorn in our last, uh, not the last session, but the session before last. He uh. He got in the way of like two fire attacks, and I was just like, "Fuck it, you're you're getting burned, dude." Uh, Scorch's Scorch's uh, alignment is slowly slipping even further. <laughs> yeah, it is, dude. I, I dude, I almost didn't make it out of that dragon fight. That dragon fight was was hardcore, dude. I've I finished that fucker, dude. I'm just saying, I finished that fucker with three health points. You guys fought a dragon. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. I I was the hero of that fight yet again. Dude. Dude, MVP. Just further cementing <laughs> Scorch's like hero worship of you too. So like I like what level I are you did, guys in this game. I did. 10? We're trying to 10? get to. We're ten on our way to eleven. Um, nice. I did probably one of the most D and D things I've done in a campaign, and it's led to some like really like funny stuff. But when uh. Uh, I came in as Scorch. Um, we had a moment where they uh, they tell me what's been happening, and Data was like, he was just like, oh, I basically tell Scorch everything that's happened 
uh, making Poet and Bjorn look terrible and making me look really great. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, can I roll to see if I believe this or not? And, and I like totally believed him. Hook, line, and sinker. I think Bjorn's an idiot. I just don't know why he rolls with this guy, but this guy saves our life all the time. And so like, because of that now, I, I've decided with this character when I hit 12, which would be our next ability bump, I'm going to take magic initiative and take some warlock magic initiative for warlock because of my hero worship for uh, Data's character. <laughs> Man, that's nice that you guys have gotten that high in your character too because I don't think – I think the highest I've ever gotten a character is like level six because a lot of my campaigns are just – for whatever reason ended up fizzling out, you know? Yeah. And then I would have like a new character somewhere along the line for whatever new one we would do. It, it helps that, uh, us to keep going, but like poet and Matt are close and work at the same place. So Matt's like, I want to play D and D you got to play. We're not, we're not missing D and D you got to play. You got to gear to get in there. And then, uh, they got me in and my brother is running it. So we got a similar, of course we got recon now and recon. Yeah. I, I think has, been the cause of us missing less than anybody else. Everybody else is always like, every once in a while has, you know, oh, I can't make it. We're going to have to not do it today. I don't think, I don't know that recon has ever done that. Recon's just always on board. Yeah, he's, he's always available. Um, I, uh, I'm excited though in our other campaign, uh, because I just unlocked a new feat for my character. Cause I'm doing like real, like this, the character I play on, on Mondays, I'm doing with a very specific build in mind where I'm going to uh, take a lot of different things uh, that are in line with his backstory and less to do with his ability as a, like a fighter. Mm -hmm. That so reminds like, me to look into feats, actually, because I didn't I, I was just going to level up like usual. Um, but and I was like, ah, I should probably look at the feats just to be sure there's not something cool that I might want to do. But. Yeah, well, so, like, I, yeah, so, like, I've been, like, so, like, for me, like, this guy's a fighter who spent his whole life living in a magic university, reading books about magic and fighting and just not being very good at magic, really, uh, uh, just studying fighting, or, you know, I don't, I don't really know why he's a fighter other than magic's too complicated for your boy, so I'd stick with the <laughs> fighter. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, uh, so like I, I'm looking at picking up feats that lean into the magic side of stuff, uh, more for him. And like, that's why, like I picked up, um, uh, the Eldritch, I can't remember what is it? Eldritch, uh, Eldritch Adept. And I took the eyes of the rune keeper and I can now read any writing, mm -hmm. um, just cause like, I, I feel like that's like what this character would be into. And like I, later I want to take a feat that like gives him more like he already has like a bunch of languages and I, I'm going to take a feat that gives him like three more languages <laughs> and like another one that's going to give him the high elf language. You just need like the tongues spell or something and then you just know, speak all languages. I think I've only ever taken one feat and that was because it just fit my character so perfectly like I built it into his backstory and everything because I took, uh, I took the, like you can do like a, a modified human where you give up some some score in your stuff to take a feat instead, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna build this in. So he he's got the actor feat 
and his backstory is that he's an actor, like his whole thing. But it was because I knew I was going to build this character to have uh, to like trick people and stuff. So I was going to have this this familiar, and I was going to take the thing that lets you talk through your familiar, and then the actor trait lets you impersonate anybody's voice after you've heard them speak for a minute. So I was like, oh. oh. I can speak through my familiar, my invisible familiar, and pretend to be anybody. So I'm, I, I'm like down the hall. The boss is calling you and distracting you, and it, it's worked out really fun. That's it's awesome. been scorched that he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I think I might not do a feat. I just, I, I'm just my ability score was at such a point where I was like, uh, this will really bump me up a notch. Yeah, I, I like I. I, I should have like I I was torn because like, t- if I took the f- ability scores I would have it would have put me in that next plus tier category, on my attacks and my constitution, but I was just like I was like mm, this character wants to read all I'll do that next time. <laughs> I want to read everything. I want to be able to talk to everybody. That's that that's a fun. I, that is a good person that you want in your party who can talk to everybody and read everything. Well, what's funny is I, I, I can talk to, I, I can read everything now and I understand a bunch of different languages and I want to understand more languages. I have a seven charisma. I don't like talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was one of the things about gray. One of the reasons I took like the warlock patron I did because he can, it has the thing where you can communicate telepathically with anybody it, regardless of their language. Uh, and so I was like, that may be useful. Uh, that is, yeah. I looked at, like, one of the builds I, I wanted to look do was a, a Dragonborn Sorcerer. Because I wanted to get a Dragonborn with wings, but uh, now they have those. <laughs> I think it's the Gem Dragon. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about, like, the different, like, new dragon things that there were yeah they 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 there's the regular dragonborn and then there's the chromatic dragon chromatic yeah which is like the regular dragonborn but slightly different and then there's the gem dragonborn which are vastly different and then there's the metallic dragonborn and those each have different uh like feats associated when one of them has like i think like uh psionic abilities where they can talk to stuff and then the other one can uh do gem gem wings and get flight i just want you guys to know uh i've been playing the master chief collection while we record <laughs> nice uh just to like have my hands doing something so just playing like halo 3 multiplayer i'm doing fine for the most part i play this game now and this team is just fucking obliterating us i have zero kills and the game's oh. almost over Yikes! and i'm not that bad at this game <laughs> after all these years you should be pretty decent at it i'm pretty yeah. decent man uh there's nothing more fun than like having like cousins or nephews or something they're like 10 or 12 you know and like, oh, what's this Halo game? You ever played this before? <laughs> like, yeah, let's play that. And you just fucking dominate them. Double kill, triple kill, overkill. And it shouldn't be as much fun as it is, but it is. Um, unfortunately, I'm too old now. I don't have anybody like that. I gotta, 
You gotta wait for for Booker to grow up. Oh, I did not commit suicide. You're full of shit. You're full of shit, game. Yeah, my son is, he's 12 or 13 now. I don't even remember off the top of my head. But uh, he was talking about Halo the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, played this this game, Halo. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's that about? (laughs) You and all Obi-Wan Kenobi are like, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) But they play a lot of Fortnite, and I'm not interested in Fortnite, so... Hey, speaking of Kenobi, let's talk about that trailer real quick. Holy I haven't seen it. Holy shit. You haven't seen it? It looks yet? good. You should watch it right now while we talk about it. Okay. Hold on. Oh, it's actually pretty quick. I think it's only like two minutes. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's not long. I, I found the trailer in the thread. Hold on. I'm going to watch it. Yep. Dude. So we got, I assume this is Tatooine. There's a camel monster. I don't know why it's got to be a camel monster. For a second, I thought it was just a camel. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it looks really... very camel-y. Yeah, well, I was like, are they really just like, fuck it, no one's going to say anything. It's a camel. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Luke. <laughs> You're creepily stalking Luke. Okay. <clears throat> okay, dude with a weird head. Whoever you are. You want me to tell you? I mean, you can tell me his name. It won't mean anything. Well, no. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't even inquisitor. watch the... Well, he's not just an Inquisitor, though, right? Isn't he yeah. the Grand Inquisitor? Inquisitor. Oh, I do know who the Grand Inquisitor is. Okay. I've read about that, dude. When you were reading about the Clone Wars and Rebels? Uh, actually, no. I, it oh. was, I was reading about just the like Inquisitors in general, I guess. I got you. I didn't even know they were in a TV show. I kind of thought they were like comic book or something or in the books. <clears throat> nope. Interesting. Okay. I mean, they may be. I don't know. I've seen the cartoon is where I saw them. Because I remember and... there's a very badass scene with like Darth Vader in one of the comics that everyone was talking about, and I think uh, there was an Inquisitor involved in some way. Okay, that didn't I... give me that much information. That trailer. Um, I'm just no, happy no, it's not it's all very on tat- on, all on Tatooine. Oh yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad because uh, one that would be boring, but also. I I just don't know how you could do a storyline about Obi Wan Kenobi that we haven't like heard about or known about really. Mm. All on Tatooine that's like all that interesting if it doesn't have some crazy shit going. Because there's some crazy things that are gonna have to happen that make sense, you know, within the yeah. context of what we already know from the movies and stuff. Yeah, I don't you know I don't know. All I know is I'm I I that trailer made me super pumped. I'm um, eh, I'm I didn't really meh. I didn't know what to expect but just seeing the Inquisitors I was just like oh no my head is melting yeah that's pretty neat because even I know I, I've like heard of them you know not having watched the cartoons and stuff and I'm aware of their existence did you not so play pretty... have you not played the, the Jedi game that I hate no, no, not yet. I've been meaning. It's still on Game Pass, right? Yeah, it's still on Game Pass. You should play it. Yeah, I definitely would uh, would like to. I'll give it a shot. I think I'm gonna play Guardians of the Galaxy first. Um, oh, I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. I just I just downloaded it. Yeah, because they just put it on Game Pass a couple of days ago. I think. Jesus, I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" I what? I, I thought my whole Skype just broke because of that. Oh, because I put something in the chat. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I put that. This is the comic page that I was talking about just now, and I was like, "Oh, I oh, I didn't." Darth see Vader it. being I, badass I, in a comic. I got blown up, so I thought you heard that somehow, even though I turned everything <laughs> down. I was like, "I'm sorry, don't blame me. Blame Denting Sloth Twenty Six. 
<laughs> what was this photo? It's a, it's from a comic page with the where Darth Vader gets is super badass and slaughters all these dudes. But I think like people were talking about that and this badass scene in the comics, and then I went to like research it, and I think it's like Darth Vader uh, gets led led into a trap by like by an, an inquisitor who's trying to like turn on him or take his place or something. I was so confused. I was like, what does this have to do with the Inquisitors? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super pumped. Uh, uh, that's all. Um, I think uh, I think I got to go get something to eat, you guys. Okay, yeah, we've been here for a while. so Yeah, we've been going on. So. Uh, oh, poly- I got him out of the fucking air. Take that, you fucking bastard. He's got one yet. kill now. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a new game. I got seven, oh, okay. actually. I'm leading my team. I'm carrying this. T- my back hurts. Go get some food. Get, yeah, you, you need should, to eat. You, you should find some Korean fried chicken also, just because it sounds cool. Yeah, I'm going to finish mine. I've still got a couple of pieces left, and I've been using all of my, my willpower not to eat it. Thanks like for having me on, guys. It's fun. Thanks for being on. It was a lot yes. of fun. Uh, I was wondering for a second if Poet is not, since Poet already said, I'm Poet, like he's just not going to say anything else until I say, I'm Billy. (laughs) And I'm Data. Good night. This is the outro, this is the outro, this is the outro for the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza.